What's up, Familia? It's the Uncanny Day Spring. And uh, Scott Free. <laughs> and we're here. I love how you're like, and dot 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 Scott Free. I mean, you got to build up the anticipation. I mean, let me tell you something. You walk into a room that's already a mic drop already. So. Well, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> uh, okay, there's an obvious joke there. But yeah. we are here to discuss Ultimate Spider Man number one. Sort of veering off. I, I feel like our last couple recordings, we have been veering off from X-Men. We did an episode last night with Sean, and today we're going to be talking about Spider-Man. But Spider-Man is so good, we need to talk about it. Yeah, we're uh, here today to discuss Ultimate Spider-Man number one, which came out last week by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Marco Cicchetto. Thank you so much for saying that, because folks at home before we hit record i was like i don't know how to say chichetto <laughs> yeah say it right a... yes okay yeah. okay yeah. there we go marcus chichetto uh... wait is it marcus chichetto marco. Uh, marco he is like so i've been listening to reviews about ultimate spider-man and everyone has been talking about how this is like the greatest artist in comic books right now and how they want him on amazing spider-man everything blah 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 and like here i am like the fucking moron not knowing how to pronounce like his name and the art is beautiful the art is beautiful yeah it's um it's great the art is uh it's really stylized uh i think it fits really well uh with the tone of the book um and the writing um real departure from what we're seeing right now in um amazing spider-man with uh john romita jr on it um so it's it's yeah it was really good can i ask you i i've been having these conversations with cole over at masters of comic books and and i kind of see this on tweets and instagrams why is amazing spider-man so contentious right now like what's going on last time i read a a spider-man book weekly was the beyond corporation saga and even though i don't think that stuck its landing the issues weren't very offensive for me as a reader i was like okay this is kind of fun i'm enjoying this ben riley's having his minute and oh no i read dark web i didn't like dark web too much but anyways i'm, I'm curious why amazing spider-man is so contentious right now um i would say a lot of fans uh longer term fans of um spider-man aren't really happy with the direction that peter's sort of been taken in uh there's been a lot of like regression um it seems like marvel keeps trying to reset him to sort of like early 20s kind of single loser whereas you know like we've gotten like late 20s like married peter and um i i think a lot of people just have been dissatisfied with a lot of the tone the themes uh the way that like his relationship with mary jane's being handled um the way that he sometimes sort of seems like a secondary character in his own book um there's just there's a lot going on and it's like you know i I would not describe myself as a fan of this current run. 
Um, but I have a huge amount of respect for Zeb Wells, the writer. And I think um, it, it's one thing to criticize his writing on like a particular book. I think a lot of the criticisms that people have been throwing at him uh, haven't necessarily come from a good place. And um, I think sometimes people, particularly on like Twitter and Reddit and stuff, um, have a lot of difficulty with that. And some of these attacks have been a little like personal and nasty when it's like at the end of the day, it's like it's a comic book that you don't like um, read something else. Yes, I agree. I mean, I think that is like sound advice for anyone out there. If you don't like something, that's okay. You are entitled not to like it. You're you're entitled to talk about it in a very constructive way, but you're not entitled to go and attack and harass someone online. At that point, you need to move on with your life. Go pick up another book that you're going to enjoy. And before you joined the podcast, we had Zeb Wells on like, oh my gosh, I want to say three years ago at this point. He was one of our first guests when we did Power of X-Men. He is such a nice guy. I love his wife, Heidi Gardner. She is on SNL. I think she yeah. is so funny. No, no, no. Yeah, like Zeb, Zeb was on, um, he was on New Mutants years ago. He was I love, on... his New Mutants was the best like ever run. I, I enjoyed his New Mutants so much. Yeah, uh, Hellions. His Hellions book was like one of the best of like the Krakoan era, and mm -hmm. um, I think you know fanboys have to uh, learn how to interact with with like writers, and it's like you can you can provide criticisms of work without going to like a dark place. Definitely overlap between X Men fans and Spider Man fans. These are two of the pillars of the Marvel universe. Um, it's just like I think the the fan bases are slightly different. So I've had sort of a resurgence with my Spider Man fandom this last fall because I went hunting for the Marvel Legends Spider Men, the Toby, Tom, and Andrew figures that we got as part of the No Way Home wave. I love them. I have them back in New York. And Spider-Man 2 on PS5 came out, and I that game is so good. So I was kind of like on the fence about reading a Spider-Man comic. I was like, I'm pretty happy with like my video games and, and action figures. But I picked up Ultimate Spider-Man 1, and I was a fan. I'm, I'm curious, are you a fan of the Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man? That, that sort of, you were like a baby when that came out. I was middle-aged, but you were like a baby. It's just a little baby. Um, <laughs> Shout out to you, Hammy. We know you're listening. Yeah. Shout out to Hammy. I enjoyed Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, I was a bigger fan of like the core uh, Spider-Man books at the time. Um, I wasn't a huge Ultimate Universe um, guy. Like I read, I, I read Ultimate Spider-Man. I read God Help Me, uh, Ultimate X-Men, which we just don't talk about because that book <laughs> okay i i the tomorrow people i really in the context of y2k early y2k culture and understanding what they were trying to do i don't think that marketing or approach will ever land in today's world but at the time i did not dislike it i think it eventually goes off its rails especially when kirkman comes on but i was okay with Alt Ultimate X Men up until probably issue thirty around there, I I was I was like tw twelve thirteen, and then yeah. like 
Wolverine watching Pietro and Wanda bang in the bush. Like, oh, like, I know. I, it, it, and, yes. and, and, and I, I again, like I'm, I'm like twelve. And I'm like, that, is some, that, that is some fucked up shit. <laughs> and there's this one from from the Avengers, the Ultimates, Ultimates three, where Wasp sees Wanda and Pietro holding hands, and it's the issue where Wanda gets shot. And Wasp is like, so what? Maybe they found love. And that's a beautiful thing. And I was like, oh, Wasp, you idiot. In every universe, you are a moron. But yeah, the ultimate, listen, it's not perfect by any means. I'm not, I'm not advocating that this is a perfect story. But at the time, before it got into its own mythology, I thought it was pretty good. And when we were talking about Ultimate Invasion, it was like, okay, I don't know what purpose the ultimate universe has in today's world as a readership because the idea was to make these characters accessible to an audience who wasn't familiar with them, but now we live in an age of Wikipedia. And I I read Ultimate Invasion. I didn't really know, you know, what happened in it, but this is not the Ultimate Universe that we know historically. It just has the name Ultimate in front of it. Um, but the maker, who was the Ultimate Fantastic Four, he is a thread that's sort of weaving it all together. Did I get that right? Am I... Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Um, the the maker the maker is the Reed Richards of Earth sixteen ten, and this new Ultimate Universe is Earth six one six zero zero. Yeah. Um. So the the maker is like one of the last survivors of the original Ultimate Universe. Um, Miles Morales also sort of is that's really convoluted we're not going to get into this on the podcast but um there's 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 a handful of people left from the old ultimate universe this is like a new ultimate universe um this issue like you said carries on for after the events of ultimate invasion uh you don't need to read ultimate invasion uh this issue does a pretty good job of like summarizing what happens um you know, you can pick it up. It's on Marvel Unlimited. It's collected. Uh, it's Hickman with Brian Hitch. Um, but essentially, like, the maker is up to shenanigans. Um, he alters the past of Earth 6160 so that no heroes um, emerge. And he and his sort of like cabal can like dominate the world. That's a really simplified version of it. Uh, if you're more interested, go read it. Um, Five or, issues are on yeah. Marvel Unlimited. It had me for the first two and a half issues, but like the second half of the story, I just was like, I, it was Hickman doing what Hickman does best, which is dive into very deep cerebral um, storytelling, which, which go check it out. Scott did a great job of summarizing it there. I like the maker. I have to tell you, he is the 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 person responsible for giving us Marvel zombies. Because I remember in Ultimate Fantastic Four when we saw the maker, who was Reed Richards at the time, seeing someone who looked like 616 Reed. We thought we were going to get a crossover with 616. Did not happen. It was the Marvel zombies. And I, I, I really thought Secret Wars by Hickman was, was truly... Well done. I enjoyed that a lot. My only note for that is that the Ultimate Universe sort of ended unceremoniously. And I thought when I saw the solicitations for Ultimate Invasion and Ultimate Spider-Man that we were going to see a resurgence of that. But we didn't. And Ultimate Invasion did its own thing. 
And I'm glad it did because this first issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, I have to tell you, I enjoyed it so much. I, I don't think we've talked about this in a while. You know, my, my Wednesday ritual used to be going to a subway and getting a chicken teriyaki footlong and eating it while I just read and enjoyed comics. And when I started reading this issue, I was like, man, I need to go find a sandwich shop like immediately and sit down because I was just enjoying every panel of this of this issue. It's epic. Um, it's full of like surprises and twists on sort of the um, some of the the standard like Spider Man, you know, standard Spider Man mythos. There's stuff that's generally just like standard across like different Spider Man adaptations. Like uh, the original Ultimate Spider Man has a very similar story where you know Uncle Ben dies peter's with aunt may his parents are long dead um in this one we find out pretty early on that you know spoilers um uncle ben is still alive um and he's the managing editor of the daily bugle uh and he works with j jonah jameson and aunt may is dead which is already just like right away big switch so for folks at home, the setup is the maker in Ultimate Invasion sort of went back into the past, just to recap what Scott said, went back into the past, stopped the heroes from becoming heroes. One of those heroes is Spider-Man. So he kind of caught the spider right before it was going to bite Peter Parker. And so Peter Parker was 15 there. Peter Parker right now is 35. So 20 years later, we, we see the results of Peter having an ordinary life. And in this ordinary life, Uncle Ben did not die. Aunt May died in a terrorist attack caused by Tony Stark, which we'll get into a little bit more. And he's married to MJ, and they have two kids. One is named May, and the other is named... Uh, Richard. <laughs> Richard. There we go, after his dad. Okay, there we go. I, I was like, I knew it was a family name. I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. So, I don't know. I, I, I respond well to slice of life narratives. I think I, after your interview with Jason, I went and I read the original century. I was so young. I mean, really young when the original century came out. So I couldn't appreciate it in the way that I did now seeing the slice of life with this hero who's struggling with mental disease, finding out that he's this forgotten hero. I thought it was so beautiful. I will say that is what I appreciate about this. This is this ordinary man who realizes one day that he's actually extraordinary. And I love it. I just thought the pacing, everything was beautiful. Hickman, Hickman's writing has gotten a lot better in terms of character moments because he really didn't land some emotional punches for me in the Krakoan era here when they were describing the memorial for, for Aunt May. And all those who died and Harry Osborne was giving the speech and he said something like you should be angry because they took away your future and what you have in return are memories. I was like, oh, my God. Or I'm sorry. He said you took away your loved ones and now all you have are memories. I thought that was gorgeous. Like Hickman for me, he's he, I, he's just improved so much since Hawksbox. Not that Hawksbox was bad. I'm not saying Hawksbox, but I just he's hitting all the right notes for me in this. Yeah, it it um it reminded me, you know, we've we've seen him now for the past couple of years, like you said on 
on X-Men, which, uh, you know, I think he was great on. It's just with X-Men, you have a huge cast of characters and you're not necessarily able to focus in on some other ones. Um, and I, this reminded me actually a lot of a lot of the sort of character beats in his, uh, fantastic four run Ah. where, you know, he was able to really focus on the four and like Franklin and Valeria and um, this felt like much more in that sort of vein than like big sort of like sprawling like Krakoa. I mean, for that, if you want like that Hickman, um, read Gods, which is his other current ongoing project. And that is all just like one big sprawling psychedelic drug trip. How do you feel about Gods? I've only read the first issue. I haven't gone back to it. Um, I I love it. It's one of my favorite things that Marvel's putting out right now, but I think it's going to be one of these things that reads much better uh, when it's collected in like trade I because I think um, both the publishing delays in between issues and sort of the scope uh, makes it sort of hard to digest like individual issues. Um Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. Whereas like, I think this is much more narrowly focused and yeah, there's lots of big themes and big stuff going on in the background, but the focus is on Peter and Peter as like a father and someone who is becoming Spider-Man at the age of 35. I'm like, man, I'm older than Peter Parker (laughs) becoming Spider-Man in this universe. I, I yeah, I mean like the the back pain is gonna is gonna <laughs> gonna take you down right away. I was but jogging it, today. I, like I usually do like six miles at like five and a half. My back pain was killing me. I was like, I can't do this. I have to go home and have a cocktail. I, I yeah, when we were we were at LA Comic Con and I was Hellfire Gala Spider Man and I had kids coming up to me to take pictures, which I you know warms my really cold heart. But getting down there for like the fifteenth time to do the Spider-Man poses, oh my god, my back, you, my knees. You're like my back, my back. You were such a wonderful Spider-Man. I don't know if we talked. We never did an LA Comic Con recap. Damn it. Um, you were so good when you were doing the Hellfire Gala walk. You came out as emo Spider-Man initially, and the entire crowd went nuts for it. It was so good. People, people love the pointing and all that, <laughs> but it, it, it's, I, I guess to like tie into this, it's, you know, we're used to seeing Peter, um, in the comics generally in his twenties, yeah. like the movie, the movie is tend to focus on him in high school, which is a whole other episode that we can get into my issues with that. But, um, most of his publication history, Peter Parker has been in his twenties. And this is the, really the first time in like an ongoing, um, not counting like Spider Girl from the '90s and whatever, where there's an older Peter Parker, um, and he wasn't even the main character in that. He's the main character in this, and it was interesting to see him, um, you know, with like waking up and it's like, "There's MJ, there's the kids," um, you know talking to the kids about like breakfast and you know MJ's like oh I made plenty of coffee tiger 
and it's just it's a very like different dynamic from like sort of the peter that we're currently seeing in the 616 yeah i have to tell you i was around obviously and very active on the message boards when one more day happened and they sort of erased the Mary Jane and, and Spider-Man relationship and, and how contentious it was. And Joe Casada saying how, you know, characters who are married, the ages, the characters or, or excuse me, ages up the characters. And it's not really you know, readers don't want to see that. And I can't think of someone who had said something more wrong, because I think. When you think of Spider-Man, you think of MJ, and you want them, that's fine. I understand for narrative purposes, you need to give them hurdles and stuff like that. But seeing them together here as a couple, and when he's talking to her, and he's you're like, oh, I think I'm going through something, blah, blah, blah. It was so refreshing to her just look at him and be like, but we're okay, right? Yeah, good. Then you do what you need to do. That is it. That is that is called a stable marriage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that my marriage is always perfect, but Jeff and I can sit down and we can have moments like that. It's like, Hey, you do what you need to do. I'm going to get out of your way. And it's just, it doesn't need to be forced drama. Now that being said though, I am a huge believer in that Peter Parker's one true love is a one Gwendolyn Stacy. And I am just so curious where she is in this universe because if he never became spider-man and green goblin never you know materialized that means a one gwendolyn stacy is alive and well out there uh i mean <laughs> you know it, it's still very early in the series and we'll we'll jump off that bridge when we get to it so. <laughs> but i remember cole and i on masters when when i was doing the recordings on masters we got into, I would say, a very heated discussion on who Spider-Man's true love was. And I and I said during the Beyond Corporation, they made a very compelling case that it was one Stacy because Ben Riley called up Aunt May, Ben Riley called up Felicia, and Ben Riley called up MJ to be like, oh, you know, it's me, it's Peter, blah, blah, blah. And only one of them fell for it. Felicia and Aunt May knew it wasn't Peter, but Mary Jane was like, oh, Peter called me. And did not know it was Ben Riley, And so for me, it's always going to be Gwen. But I think Peter and MJ as an IP out there in public work so well. And I love seeing them here together. I, I cannot tell you how much I am rooting for this couple that I have historically not rooted for. I'm rooting for them in the comics now. Uh, yeah, well, welcome, welcome to Team MJ. Uh, Are you not a Gwen Stacy? We've never talked about You're not a Gwen Stacy stan? Or you you don't believe in that relationship? I I I mean I I think M you know Peter Parker and MJ is one of those iconic comic book couples like Superman and Lois. Um, you know, like yeah, I mean the the Gwen Gwen Stacy is super important. The Gwen Stacy plot line, the story, the night Gwen Stacy died is one of the most important comics that marvel ever published but i also think mj is just a fundamentally more interesting um character i i also think i mean for me um some of like the the oomph and the impact gets taken out of it when she's now back in like 50 million different four where she's like she's ghost spider she's no, I 100% agree with you because I think the gravity of that relationship is contingent on the fact that she died. 
And yes. it was Spider-Man's greatest failure that he couldn't sort of rescue her. And not only when he attempted to rescue her, he was the one who caused you know her death. So I agree with you. When you bring her back, when you have a clone, when it's you know Ghost Spider, when it's dead no more, you know, it's it, it cheapens the death a little bit. And not that I don't want a character like Gwen to have her own agency and stuff like that, but these are modern myths and these are stories of heroes and the rises and their falls and. I agree. I, I think Sp uh, Peter and MJ work for me very well because both grew up after the night when Stacy died. And was it Spider-Man Blue? I'm forgetting where, where this flashback happened. But Spider-Man was crying that, that Gwen had died. And he looks at MJ and he's here like, you know what, MJ, just go. Go party. Go be who you are. And, and MJ's holding the door and she closes it and she turns around she goes to him. And I thought... That is that is why I believe in the Peter and MJ relationship, and that is why I'm so happy to see them together in this issue. I think it was especially powerful because they're currently not together in the main comic, and like in Amazing, and I, what? you know, I, I, I don't think this was Hickman like getting at that at all. Um, mm -hmm. But it is a real contrast with like the current book where. Peter is uh, very single. <laughs> He's very single. I, I'm not reading, so I don't know. But okay, so in this, to recap for the for the listeners, because we're all over the place with it, mostly my fault because I want to do a one stacing tangent. Peter wakes up one morning. We find out that he is married to MJ, and they have two kids, May and Richard. He goes to the Bugle. Ben, Uncle Ben, is alive. He's managing editor. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is there, and Robbie, who is part of the board of trustees for the Bugle, whatever, you know, the people who control the money, decide that they need to uh, do a switch of hands at the paper. And Jameson's like, nope. And Ben kind of follows suit with him, and they go to a bar, and they sort of hatch out that they're going to do their own news source. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before that, um, they Peter and Ben go to a memorial service for people who died during Tony Stark's um, supposed terrorist attack. Um, Father Father Murdoch, who is very clearly Matt Murdoch, um, still blind. In yeah. So I don't get universe. that. What, what what's up with that? Because if he he got his powers and he got blinded when he got his powers. Right. So how could he still be blind with, I guess maybe he does have his powers and he's just a priest. Uh, he he could be a superhero priest. I mean, well, that's also <laughs> the, that's, that's the current daredevil run. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, he could have been hit with the radioactive goo and just not activated. Powers. No okay. Powers. Fair he's, enough. He's the, fair enough. The, ma the makers manipulated everything, everything. um it, it's a little more problematic with with like daredevil because peter gets like the super strength and all the spider-man abilities a lot of daredevil does have powers but a lot of daredevil's stuff like the acrobatics and the martial arts is all based off of like decades of physical training not being a priest so <laughs> well that's down the road we'll, but, we'll cross um, that bridge once it happens or we'll fall like, off that bridge We'll, we'll we'll get thrown off that bridge um, <laughs> but we 
part of when when they they meet with the board uh board of directors of um the bugle uh we see fisk wilson mm -hmm. fisk mm -hmm. the You're kingpin right. um is there um and uh with a shady guy with um an eye patch behind him who i was trying to figure out if that's supposed to be um like von uh baron von strucker or i was trying to think of just like i thought it was baron von strucker as well yeah um and then we see them leaving and they get in the car and uh the green goblin blows up the car that they've just gotten out of and uh this was after harry osborne gave a very impassioned you know eulogy um so strong possibility that harry osborne is uh is the green goblin yeah, I saw a lot of people online like speculating who could this Green Goblin be, and I was like, I thought it was pretty obvious that it was that it was Harry, and everything going on with like Tony and this terrorist attack. I'm kind of confused by it. Maybe you can bridge some of it because Ultimate Invasion dealt with Howard Stark, and Howard Stark is sort of the the known Stark in this new six one six zero universe. When Peter gets this little contraption and a holographic image of tony stark comes out and he goes i'm tony stark you don't know me but i'm here to tell you that you know you were supposed to become a superhero 20 years ago and the maker stole this from you i was like wait a minute like how do they know why is tony saying you won't know me but then all we're hearing about here is that tony stark had done some kind of terrorist attack and that's what led to the deaths of aunt may and norman osborne and then i thought okay well then maybe something happened with the starks and fisk and you know fisk is the last standing person who's going to be responsible for it and that's why osborne sort of came at him for that does that make sense I, i'm like confusing myself even saying this out loud jesus from having read ultimate invasion it looks like the events of Ultimate Invasion happened. Tony sealed himself away, and then um, the shadowy powers that control the world blamed all the crazy stuff that happened in Ultimate Invasion on Tony Stark. So it seems like Tony Stark is not aware that like the world's built him up into like a um, gotcha to be like to be like a supervillain because in in Ultimate Invasion like. Um, Howard Stark and his best friend slash business partner Obadiah Stane, the Ironmonger in the 616 uh, classic Iron Man villain. In this universe, they're really good friends, business partners. They are effectively the leaders of like the North American region under the Maker. Um, they both have armor. They're both killed. So it looks like Tony took both his father's and Stane's uh, tech and has fled somewhere. Okay. Okay. I, you know, any other writer, I would have been like, ah, I'm not following this. And, but it's Hickman. I know Hickman is deliberate with everything. So thank you for like bridging that for me because I did, I was quite confused. Yeah. We, we see, um, like other areas of the world, like, um, in Ultimate Invasion, the, um, Japan, East Asia is controlled by the uh, Yashida 
like alliance which is like sunfire silver samurai mariko um hmm. doom doom is in europe the rasputins control russia um Colossus. magic with her bde walking in oh yeah and bald bald Colossus. that's how you know colossus is evil it's bald, <laughs> bald colossus and this is not in ultimate spider-man this is in ultimate invasion yeah so uh, this world is really flushed out yeah um and it's it's similar to ours but obviously very um very different but mutants are active uh we are getting ultimate x-men from peach momoko in uh february are you excited March. for that I am. I think it's going to be an interesting take. It looks like she's going to be focusing on like armor. I'm like always down character. for a good armor story. I I know we have a lot of Peach fans out there. <laughs> Shout out to Jonathan Loves X-Men. I don't know how I land on Peach Momoko, to be completely honest with you. I don't dislike her art. And I certainly was there. We were there at New York Comic Con when the fight broke out in front of her table. So I get it. They're they're impassioned like Peach Momoko fans. But you know, I, I don't know. I don't have the same excitement. And I love armor as a character. And I don't did you ever see that X-Men anime that focused on armor sort of joining the team? It was based on uh Warren Ellis's Astonishing X-Men at the time. Yeah. I I love that anime very much, and I like armor. But even so, I, there's something about the the ultimate X-Men I'm not I'm not too excited for. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited, but we'll, we'll, we'll cover it when it, uh, when it comes out, I think we'll have some good material to dig into. Oh, I agree. Um, if there's something that's going to be evident is that there's going to be a lot to chat about. Yeah. And, you know, on, going back to, to this after all, all the, um, you know, the, the green goblin and Ben and Jonah deciding they're going to set up a new, new like entity um we see you know peter meets with ben tells him he feels he's like missing something in his life and then we see him with mj and he has sort of the same conversation and she's just like well you know whatever it is go get it tiger which what um, did did you think of the end of spider-man 2 when kirsten dunce tells toby mcguire she's like go get him tiger and he goes out you know web slinging and she's there at the apartment in a in a wedding dress, which by the way, sidebar, I love how that's considered a bad apartment in New York. Like that would be like five thousand dollars. Well, yeah, like I to mean, rent. It's, it's it's the friends, it's the friends <laughs> thing where they they have that apartment that they pay like eight hundred dollars a month for, and it's like a three, it's like a massive three bedroom on like Central Park West. I know. Like, oh. yeah, you're paying you're paying eight hundred dollars for that, sure. <laughs> um well but with it it's with this it's a callback to like also mj's like first appearance mm -hmm. way back in the 60s where you know she's standing in the doorway and um well yeah and that's why that's exactly what i thought about when i saw her in that first panel this one right here where i was yeah. like oh that is a callback exactly the same top everything and she's here like gotta say tiger and yeah i agree i love her when she's there and he's thinking of her and she's here like go get him tiger and um, Peter opens up the, I don't know what you would call that, just this like little mechanical contraption and the spider's there and he allows the spider to bite him. Yeah, we, we saw uh, a flashback to the the night before where this, this box from Tony Stark appears and uh, Tony Stark in this armor that 
is like a combination of Iron Man and Iron Monger armor. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he, he explains what's going on with the mate, how six months, you know, years have been stolen and, um, he's going to return within six months to hopefully do a world that, uh, all these heroes have been restored. Um, it's, it's interesting because like, this is a young Tony Stark too. He's much more like Iron Lad instead of like Iron Man. Uh, we just have is, that Iron Lad vibe. Yeah, um, and it's it's a it's a different take. Yeah, I have to tell you that that last shot with him in his Spider-Man costume in the shadows and are there birds around him? Hang on, let me look at the issue here. Yeah, yeah there are just... birds behind him. Um, it's just for me. It's one of the most. It's such a beautiful, such a New York shot. I I have to tell you, Scott. I am so excited for the next issue here. I haven't felt this way about a comic in a very long time. That I'm like, I need that next issue to come out so I can read it. I'm I'm ready. Um, <laughs> I've I've been reading Spider Man almost as long as I've been reading X Men, and uh, this was incredible and i'm super excited to see where it goes and you know what hickman's got cooking yeah and you know it's i i i like to listen to everyone's opinions so i, I listen to a variety of reviewers and i'm never one to be like oh whatever this person's wrong but i did see some people being like oh this book was so slow why are we getting spider-man at the end if i'm paying 6.99 for a book called ultimate spider-man i want to see spider-man in it and i was like this is good character development. Like, this is just good writing. I don't know how to explain that this it was just so well done and that that payoff at the end is such an exclamation point on what was a very beautifully done first issue. So I, I've seen only very few people complain about this because this is a near-perfect comic. This was a near-perfect start to a story. Let's see how they stick the landing. Let's see how they stick the landing. But... I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a Spider-Man weekly Wednesday warrior. However, this one, I'm just like, I need to read the next issue. Boom. 100%. I am like a weekly Spider-Man reader, and this was a breath of fresh air. And I'm so excited to see what direction it's going in. Come back for continued uh, Ultimate Spider-Man coverage and Ultimate X-Men. And I think we're, we're getting an Ultimate Black Panther as well. Oh, so. Ultimate Black Panther looks so good. I'm very excited for that book as well. Yeah, uh, come back. We'll, we'll, we'll be reviewing all the Ultimate books as they happen. Scott, what do we have coming up? We have Megacon, but you're not coming to Megacon. You'll be in Orlando, but you're not going to be able to attend Megacon. But I'll be at Megacon. Yeah. So we're going to be at Megacon. Are you are, remind me you're doing WonderCon, yeah? We're doing WonderCon? The whole we're, family? We're doing, we're doing WonderCon. Yeah. Um about two weeks before that, I'm gonna be at AwesomeCon in DC. Oh. So uh yeah, we'll it'll be it'll be a busy busy March for uh, the Power of X-Men family. Yeah, I love AwesomeCon. We did that I thought it was in June for whatever reason. We did it like a couple years ago or like a year and a half ago in June, and that was probably one of my favorite like con experiences. 
WonderCon is at the end of March, and I don't think Flinkman's coming and Hammy's not coming, but me, you, Michelle, and I was talking to Sean this morning. He's getting his travel ready. I can't wait for WonderCon. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll we'll see, hopefully, uh, some of the listeners out there. Cool. Hit us up at Hour of X-Men. Scott, where can folks find you? Mr. Scott Free on most social media platforms. All right, fam. We'll see you later.